Do y'all know uh, what GOAT stands for? It stands for greatest of all time. That's what Michael is, the GOAT. Uh, long, long story short, Michael and I, we do go way, way back. And uh, when I was in second grade, I was a weird kid. And I still am a weird kid. But Michael was one of the first people to ever invite me over to hang out with him after school. So can we just clap it up for your main man, Michael? What a stud. Uh, but I feel so blessed and so privileged to be with you guys tonight to share what I feel like God has put on my heart uh, for this community. So know that I'm going to be leaving here uh, better and different because of you. Uh, and you're just such a blessing to this city and to this community. We're going to spend the next few moments tonight. We're going to look at a story together out of the Bible. Maybe you've heard this story before. Maybe you haven't. Uh, but I believe that the God of everything desires to speak into your life tonight through his word uh, wherever you're at. And the title that I'm giving tonight's message and what I'm calling it is, What is That Smell? What is that smell? So do me a favor. Turn to the person next to you and say, you smell that? Now turn to the other person, your second choice, and say, I hope it's you. We're going to pick it up in John chapter 11. Uh, we're going to be starting in verse 38. But quick little background where we're at right now in the Bible is homeboy Jesus is just kicking it with his main dudes, his disciples. And then this wonderful lady named Martha and her friend Mary come up to Jesus. And they said, hey, yo, Jesus, your friend and our brother Lazarus has just died. Would you come and be with us? And Jesus, God in Abad, Savior of the whole world, he goes, okay, I'll come. So we're going to pick it up in verse 38. And this is what the Bible says. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. So right here in, in John chapter 11, Jesus approaches the tomb where Lazarus is. And as he gets there, people are weeping and are crying. And Jesus, being the God that he is, he says, hey, let's, let's take the stone away. And Mary's a little concerned because there might be an odor because he's been buried for some time. But Jesus goes on and he says, don't you want to see the glory of God? So they take the stone away in a loud voice. The Bible records, Jesus yells out, Lazarus, come out. And in this moment, the Bible records and shows us that a miraculous event takes place. And a man is, in fact, raised from the dead and back. To life. And friends, tonight I believe that the God of everything wants to speak to us through this passage of Scripture. And as we get going together, would you just pray with me real quick? Lord God, we thank you so much now for these moments that we get to share together as a community. Jesus, would you be the center of it all? Would these not be my words, for that would be foolish, but would they be your words, Jesus, so they might change who we are? Lord God, we love you. We thank you so much for the gift it is to be to gather together in community. Holy Spirit, would you move and work and have your way. 
And Lord God, would you make it so that the Seattle Sonics come back in 2020. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. It's going to happen, and I cannot wait. Show of hands, anybody ever been to Bellingham before? Bellingham? Hey! So I used to live in Bellingham quite a few years ago. Worked at this awesome church up there. And as I was up there, I decided I was going to buy myself a brand new Subaru Outback. And I was like, never bought a brand new car before, but I was stoked out of my mind. So I was like, I'm going to buy this brand new car. Smelled like brand new car smell. It could take me to the mountain. It could take me to the coast. It could take me anywhere that I needed to go. But one Saturday night, we had Saturday night services at this church I worked at. I had to go to the local coffee shop and pick up 20 gallons of hot chocolate. And they were like in these like huge like stainless steel canisters. And I had to take them just a few blocks from the local coffee shop down to church so the delicious people coming to church could enjoy some delicious hot chocolate. If you don't know what hot chocolate is made out of, it is made out of large amounts of hot milk and large amounts of chocolate. And that's how you make hot chocolate. So, just in case you wanted to make it later on. But... I had to load these huge canisters. They each held five gallons, so I had four of them in the back of my brand new Subaru Outback. And as I'm pulling out of this local coffee shop, somebody decides to cut me off. And I'm like, it's okay, bless them in the name of the Lord, it's fine. But like, I had to kind of mm, slam on my brakes a little bit, and in the back I hear a little thud. And I was like, there's no way, like, hot chocolate just spilled in my brand new Subaru Outback. There's no way, like, nah, that's fine. So I just keep driving. Well, I get to church. I open the hatch of my Subaru Outback, and to my wonderful surprise, Niagara Falls of hot chocolate has unleashed in the back of my Subaru Outback. All 20 gallons has tipped over and spilled out everywhere, okay? But I'm like, it's fine. It's just a car. It doesn't matter. Meanwhile, on the inside, I'm like dying on the inside. So I go inside. I get some towels. I come back over, and I dab all the hot chocolate out, a little dab of ranch, you know, doing the best I can. And then I unload the canisters. Go back inside, come back out to clean up the rest of the mess. Well, because this was like a cascading Niagara Falls of rivers of hot chocolate, it made its way through my floorboard all the way to like the front seat and the steering pedals and like all those kind of things. So hot chocolate is like laced in all of my carpet. And I was like, this is awful. And then my next thought was like, do I tell my wife? Do I not tell my wife? I was like, I should probably tell my wife because I'm a good person. But like, we we're like, okay, it's going to be fine, whatever. So like a few months go by. It's like, oh, it doesn't smell bad. It doesn't smell like hot chocolate. It still smells like a brand new car. And then like one super hot day, walk down to get in my brand new three-month-old Subaru Outback. I open it up. I sit inside and I go, Ooh! and it smells so bad that I literally thought I was going to throw up everywhere. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Well, if you didn't know, like I told you, hot chocolate is made out of milk and chocolate. And milk spoils if it just chills out in somebody's brand-new Super Outback carpet. And that's what happened to me. And it smelled so bad. And I remember I would, like, drive around, and I'd pick people up. And they'd get in my brand-new car, and they'd be like, does this guy even shower? Like, does he, does he even use soap? And I was, like, so embarrassed by how bad it smelled, and it was awful. And to this day, I'm still embarrassed that I had to drive anybody around in that car because of the smell. And I think the reason I tell you this story is because sometimes that's what you and I do with the smelly stuff in our life, that we're embarrassed by it. So we do our best to hide it, to make sure nobody knows 
and we can mask it all away because it would be the worst thing ever if people found out who we maybe really are behind the mask or behind the scenes. Especially in this Instagram culture of high, or show the best and hide the rest. It's incredibly hard to feel like that you and I are actually ever worthy of God, worthy of friendships, just for who God says that we are and who we were created to be. And all of us, I think, carry around smelly stuff in our lives. We've all got secrets. Maybe we've all done some things. Maybe if people knew about the stuff that we actually think about, there'd be some pretty smelly stuff in our lives. Or maybe your home life isn't what people actually think it is. Or you're just so good at covering it up that you've got this picture-perfect you, but on the inside, you're just actually struggling. Or maybe you're kind of like me and you pretend like you have it all together and you're this uber-confident person, but really deep down, you're kind of lonely and insecure and you got smelly areas in your life and you're wondering if anyone would actually accept you for you. And that's why I love this story so much in John chapter 11 of what we just read in the Bible. In the Bible, in verse 38, it says this, Then Jesus deeply moved. In this moment, homeboy Jesus rolls up onto a scene where people are crying and weeping because their friend just died. And listen to what the Bible says. Jesus, again, is deeply moved by what happened. He is right there with them, sad and brokenhearted because of their situation and their circumstance. Sometimes we think that in the bad areas of our lives, the smelly situations of our lives, we think that Jesus would probably be embarrassed by them. He might even be a little upset. That if he was to actually know that there's no way he'd want anything to do with a mess like us. Or sometimes we think that in the real struggles of life, like the real, real stuff, there's no way Jesus could ever relate. So how could he in fact be relevant? But I want to encourage you tonight that Jesus, according to the Bible, is right here, right now with his people. And he is feeling the same emotions that they are feeling in this story. So how much more relevant or real can this Jesus be? But here's the most interesting part. This is the part that I'm most excited about. This is the part that I feel like God was speaking to me as I was reading this story. And I think it's what you and I struggle with so much about the smelly stuff in our lives. The stuff that we try to hide and mask and make sure other people, especially maybe even Jesus, can't find out about it. The smelly parts of our lives that if we wonder if people really knew about them, would they even really want to be around us? In verse 39 in the Bible, Jesus says, take the stone away. And then Martha, the Bible goes on, the sister of the dead man Lazarus said to him, Lord, by this time, there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. You see, in this moment, Jesus is about to do something so unexplainable that the only way it can be explained is by the power and the love of God. Jesus is about to make somebody come back alive. Jesus is about to, in his power and in his love, do a miracle in this person's life. So these people can witness it. 
What is Martha's first thought? But Jesus, it, it might smell. Like, like Jesus, if you take, if you roll the stone away, it, it might smell bad. And then all these people are going to know. And they're going to notice the smell. And I'm going to be embarrassed. Jesus, the son of the living God, is about to do something miraculous. And all Martha can think about is, Jesus, what if, what if you can't do it? Then it's going to smell. Then the smelly situation and the circumstance is out. And people are going to notice. And I'm going to be embarrassed by it. Jesus is about to bring her friend back to life. But Martha's a little too concerned that it might reveal a smelly situation. And I think maybe that's what you and I do sometimes in our lives. Jesus wants to do something miraculous in you and through you, but we are too concerned that it might expose the brokenness or the pain or the hurt or the loneliness or the insecurity or the smelly situations in our lives. So instead of allowing Jesus to do something miraculous in us and through us, we say, wait, 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 Jesus, no, what if you can't do it? What if the smell gets out? What if they find out about that? Then I'll be embarrassed. I want to encourage you tonight that maybe through your brokenness, that maybe through your pain, that maybe through your insecurity, that maybe through whatever smelly situation or circumstance you find yourself in, Jesus can do exceedingly and abundantly more than you could ever ask or imagine. Maybe because of your brokenness, because of your pain, because of your lostness, because of the smell, it gives Jesus the opportunity to go to work in and through your life so that people might notice more of the glory of God. Verse 40 in this story, it says, the Bible says, Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Jesus in this moment, it's saying, no matter what the smell, don't you see? I came. So whatever situation or circumstance you might find yourself in, I can use it and go to work in it and through it to do something awesome. So that you and I could see more of the glory and power and goodness of our God. Your brokenness, your lostness, your loneliness, your insecurity. Your pain, your hurt, your smelly situations. When we give them over to Jesus, not just the good parts of ourselves that we think we have, but when we give all of us, all of ourselves over to Jesus, it gives him the opportunity to do something miraculous in and through our lives. And then all of the sudden, this city, this community, this world, they start to see a God who's doing a miracle in and through ordinary people, just like you and me, because we serve an extraordinary God. So the next time that you feel like hiding all of your smelly stuff, 
I want to encourage you. That very stuff that you think is bad and broken and too far gone, Jesus miraculously wants to turn it around and use it for his good to display more of the power and glory of God. So that people might notice something different about your life. They might notice a joy that has not been there before. A peace that has not been there before. A love that has not been there before. Because when we open up our whole lives to Jesus, just Jesus, and we allow him to go to work in and through us, then I promise you that the Bible says he will do exceedingly and abundantly more than you could ever ask or imagine. And then all of a sudden, people are like, man, what is that smell? And you say, oh, That's just Jesus doing a miracle in my life. That's just the God of everything, the God who loves me, taking all of the bad stuff in my life and turning it around for his good. What is that smell? That's Jesus doing a miracle in and through me. Let let us be known as a community of young people that love people so well that they notice something different. That when they walk by you, they're like, man, what was that? Man, man, they smell good. And it would be because we would smell more like the miracles of Jesus. Because I guarantee you the day that Lazarus came out the tomb, nobody was concerned with the bad smell. Because they were fixated on the goodness And the power of our God doing a miracle in and through someone's brokenness. So would we be people that smell more like the miracles of Jesus? Smell more like the love of Jesus? Smell more like the joy of Jesus? And that we wouldn't be afraid anymore of our brokenness. But we would rejoice in the work that Jesus wants to do in and through us. And Jesus, in that work, is setting people free. So the next time that you feel discouraged, the next time you feel like hiding your brokenness, the next time you feel like masking the pain, the next time you try to get away from those smelly situations, know this, that through the work of Jesus, he can do a miracle in them. And people will say, what is that smell? That's the smell of Jesus setting people free. Come on, let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you so much that you love us so much that you don't care how bad we smell, that we can come to you even now, that you, Jesus, want to do a miraculous work in us and through us, that there is no There's no thing that we could ever do, no brokenness, no pain, no hurt, no loneliness, no lostness, no insecurity that is too much for you, Jesus. But that you can call us to, out of the tomb, to come and live alive in the freedom of who you are, Jesus. Lord God, I pray tonight that you would set people free. Holy Spirit, I pray tonight that by your power and by your presence, we would start to smell more like the miracles of Jesus, the love of Jesus, and the joy of Jesus. Lord God, I thank you for this time. We praise you and worship you, Lord, because it's only because of you. And it's in your holy, and it's in your smelly name, Jesus, we pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Y'all.
Praise be to God. It has been a, my pleasure and my privilege to get a kick it with you guys tonight. I hope that you would join me in praying for the return of the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, the return of the Seattle Supersonics. So here's Amanda. She's going to come back up and I think dismiss you to something or another. Thanks for letting me be here.